Chapter Fifteen of Love's Shadow by Ada Leverson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Fifteen. Raggett in Love. If you please, ma'am, a gentleman called and left some flowers. Who was it? Said Edith. He wouldn't give his name. There's a note for you. Edith went into the drawing room, where she found a large bundle of lilies, violets, and daffodils and the following letter, written in a cramped, untidy handwriting. "'Dear Mrs. Otley, I went for a bicycle ride yesterday and plucked these flowers for you, hoping you wouldn't mind accepting them. If you have a moment's time to give me, I wonder if you would let me call and see you one day. Sincerely yours, F. J. Raggett. P.S. I am extremely busy, but I am free at any time. Perhaps to-morrow might suit you? Or, if you are engaged to-morrow, perhaps to-day?' I would ask you to ring me up, and kindly let me know, but I'm not on the telephone. Edith was amused, but also a little bored. Ever since the dinner at the Savoy, now a fortnight ago, Raggett had been showing furtive signs of a wild admiration for her, at the same time hedging absurdly, by asking her to tell him when he might call, and giving no address, and by, for instance, pretending he had plucked the flowers himself, evidently not knowing that they had been sent with her address written on a card printed with the name of Cooper's stores in the Edgware Road. She never knew how Bruce would take things, so she had not said anything about it to him yet. He seemed to have forgotten the existence of Raggett, and never mentioned him now. She arranged the flowers in some blue and white china vases, and sat down by the window in the little drawing-room. She had before her, until Bruce would come home to dinner, two of those empty hours which all young married women in her position have known. There was nothing to do. Archie was still out, and she was tired of reading, and disliked needlework. She had just come back from seeing Hyacinth. How full and interesting her life seemed! At any rate, she had everything before her. Edith felt as if she herself were locked up in a box. Even her endless patience with Bruce was beginning to pall a little. As she was thinking these things, she heard a ring, and the maid came in and said, "'It's a gentleman that left the flowers, and could you see him for a minute?' "'Certainly.' Raggett came in. He looked just as extraordinary as he had at the Savoy, and as difficult to place. His manner could not be said to express anything, for he had no manner, but his voice was the voice of a shy undergraduate, while his clothes, Edith thought, suggested a combination of a bushranger and a conjurer. His tie, evidently new, was a marvel, a sort of true lover's knot of red patterned with green, strange beyond description. He seemed terrified. "'How very kind of you to come and see me,' she said in her sweetest voice. "'And these lovely flowers, they quite brighten one up.' "'I'm glad you think they're all right,' said Raggett in a low voice. "'Well, they're beautiful. Fancy your plucking them all yourself.' "'Where did you find these lovely lilies growing? "'I always fancied they were hothouse plants.' "'Oh, I was bicycling,' Raggett said. Oh, "'I just saw them, you know. Oh, "'I thought you might like them. How, "'How is Otley?' "'Bruce is very well. "'Haven't you seen him lately?' "'Well, not very. "'I've been working so fearfully hard,' he said. "'At the British Museum, chiefly. "'One doesn't run up against Bruce there much.' "'No, I suppose he hardly ever goes.' There was a pause. "'Won't you have some tea?' asked Edith. Uh, "'No, thank you. I never take it.' And there was another silence. 
Just as Edith was rather at a loss and was beginning a sentence with, "'Have you been?' he, at the same time, said, "'Do you know? I beg your pardon,' said Edith. "'Oh, I beg yours. Do say what you are going to say. Oh, please, finish your sentence.' "'I wasn't going to say anything. Nor was I. I was going to ask you if you'd been to the Savoy again lately.' "'No, no, I've only been there once in my life. It was a great event for me, Mrs. Otley.' Really? He spoke with more confidence, but in a still lower voice. Yes, I met my ideal there. He fixed on her an ardent but respectful glare. She smiled. I'm afraid, continued Raggett, that I'm not amusing you much. I, I suppose you're very fond of wit and gaiety. I wasn't brought up in a very humorous atmosphere. I don't think I ever heard a joke till quite recently. Edith laughed. My father— he went on, used sometimes to say at night, now it's time for Bedfordshire, but I wasn't amused at that after ten years old. My family are really very serious as a whole. I, I should never dream of asking them even a riddle, because I'm sure they would give it up at once. "'Did you say you heard one joke recently? What was it?' asked Edith. Raggett blushed and looked down. I, "'I'm very sorry, but I, I'm afraid I can't tell you, Mrs. Otley. Not that I forget it, but it isn't suited to your—' "'Well, to your atmosphere?' He looked around the room. "'Oh, can't you arrange it?' "'Impossible,' he said firmly. "'Quite impossible.' "'Oh, well, of course.' "'Impossible,' he repeated, shaking his head. "'Do you go much to the theatre? she asked, conversationally. "'Never it would interfere with my work.' "'What is your work, exactly?' she asked, with polite interest. "'It is difficult to explain, Mrs. Otley. It takes a great many forms.' "'Oh, yes.' Ju "'Just at this moment I'm a legitimist. You understand, don't you? We drink to Queen Mary over the water, and, and put violets on the statue of King Charles the Martyr in February, and so forth.' "'Ah! That must be very hard work. Oh, it isn't only that. I'm a kind of secretary, you see, to the Society.' "'Really? Really?' "'What fun it must be! I mean, how interesting! Can I belong?' "'Oh, dear, yes, of course, Mrs. Otley, if you liked. "'What should I have to do?' "'Well, first of all, you would have to pay a shilling.' "'Yes?' "'And then you would be eligible for a year's probation.' "'And what should we do after that?' "'Well, after that, you see, we shall have to bide our time.' "'That doesn't sound very hard,' said Edith thoughtfully. "'Just to pay a shilling and bide your time. "'I'll send you some papers about it, if you really take any interest. "'Thanks. Thanks very much. Yes, do send them. "'Do you really think you would care to become a member, Mrs. Otley?' "'Oh, yes. Yes, I should think so. I always hated Oliver Cromwell.' "'He looked doubtful. Yes, of course, but that alone, I'm afraid, would hardly be— "'You see, there might be a revolution at any moment.' "'I see. But—' "'Excuse my asking you, what has that to do with the British Museum?' "'I can hardly tell you off-hand like this, Mrs. Otley, but if you'll let me come again one day—' "'Oh, certainly do. Do come again.' "'Then I'll say good-bye for to-day,' said Raggett, with an admiring look. "'I—I I hope I haven't trespassed on your valuable—' "'Oh, no, not in the least. I've enjoyed our talk so much,' said Raggett, lingering. "'So have I, Mr. Raggett. It's been most interesting.' "'I—I I felt 
said Raggett, now standing up and looking very shy. "'I somehow felt at once there was a kind of—may I say sympathy?' "'Quite so.' "'Yes. Well, give my kind regards to Otley, and thank you so much.' They shook hands. She rang the bell, and he rushed out as if he were in a violent hurry, leaving Edith rather bewildered. At dinner that evening Edith said, "'Fancy, Bruce, Raggett called to-day.' Bruce dropped his spoon in the soup and looked up. "'Raggett? He—do you mean to say he came here?' "'Yes, he paid a visit. Why shouldn't he?' "'I don't know, but it seems a very odd thing. He never pays visits. What did he seem to think of the flat?' "'He didn't say. He talked about his work.' "'What did you think of him?' asked Bruce. "'He seemed very vague. He's very good-natured. Fancy his sending me all those flowers.' "'He sent you flowers?' said Bruce slowly. Ragget, Surely you don't mind?' Bruce waited a minute and said, "'We'll talk it over after dinner.' There was an uneasy pause. Then Edith said, "'I saw Hyacinth to-day. She had just had a visit from Lady Cannon.' Bruce looked rather guilty and uncomfortable. "'I like Lady Cannon,' he said presently. "'She is a woman of sound sense. She has a very strong feeling of responsibility about Hyacinth.' "'Yes.' Edith and Hyacinth had arranged not to say any more, as it would be useless. "'A very discreet woman, too,' continued Bruce. "'And what news about Hyacinth?' "'None, I think. She seems very happy.' "'Happy? <laughs> that can't last.' After dinner Bruce followed Edith into the drawing-room, looked angrily at the flowers, and said, "'Now what's the meaning of all this? Mind, I'm not jealous.' It isn't my nature to be. What I dislike is being made a fool of. If I thought that Raggett, after all I've done for him— Oh, Bruce, how can you be so absurd? A poor, harmless creature. Harmless creature, indeed. I think it was extremely marked, calling on you when I was out. He didn't know you were out. It's the usual time to pay a visit, and he really just came to ask me to belong to the society. "'I don't call Raggett a society man.' "'He's a secret society man,' said Edith. "'He wants me to be a legitimist.' "'Now I won't have any nonsense of that sort here,' said Bruce, striking the table with his fist. "'Goodness knows where it will end. That sort of thing takes women away from the natural home duties, and I disapprove of it strongly. Why, he'll soon be asking you to be a suffragette. I think I shall write to Raggett.' "'Oh, would you, really?' "'I shall write to him,' repeated Bruce, "'and tell him that I won't have these constant visits and marked attentions. "'I shall say you complained to me. "'Yes, that's the dignified way, "'and I shall request him to keep his secret societies to himself "'and not to try to interfere with the peace and harmony of a happy English home.' "'He drew some writing-paper towards him. "'I'm sure he didn't mean the slightest harm. "'He thought it was the proper thing after dining with us.' "'But it isn't like the man, Edith. It isn't Raggett. He's no slave to convention. Don't think it. I can't help fancying that there must have been some ulterior motive. It seems to me sinister. That's the word. Sinister.' "'Would you think it sinister if he never came again?' "'Well, perhaps not. But in allowing this to pass, isn't it the thin end of the wedge?' "'Give him a chance and see,' she said. "'Don't be in a hurry. 
After all, he's your great friend. You're always talking to me about him, and what's he done? Sent a few flowers and called here once. I'm sure he thought you would like it. But don't you see, Edith, the attention should have been paid to me, not to you. He could hardly send you flowers, Bruce. I'm sure he thought it was the proper thing. Bruce walked up and down the room, greatly agitated. I admit that this is a matter that requires consideration. I shouldn't like to make a mountain out of a molehill. We'll see. We'll give him a chance. But if he comes here again, or takes any step to persuade you to have anything to do with his society, or whatever it is, I shall know how to act. Of course you will, dear. Edith hoped she wouldn't receive a large envelope full of papers about the legitimists by the first post. I hope you know, Bruce, I shouldn't care if I never saw him again. Why not? Because he's my friend, I suppose. You look down on him, just because he's a hard worker and of some use in the world, not a dandified, conventional, wasp-waisted idiot like Cecil Reeve. Perhaps you prefer Cecil Reeve? Much, replied Edith firmly. Why? Let's hear your reasons. Why, he's a real person. I know where I am when I'm talking to him. We're on the same platform. Platform? Yes. When I talk to Mr. Raggett, I feel as if he had arrived at Victoria, and I had gone to meet him at Charing Cross. Do you see? We don't get near enough to understand each other. Quite near enough, replied Bruce, suspiciously. Then he said, I feel the want of air. If you don't mind, dear, I think I shall go for a stroll. Oh, don't. He went to the hall and put on his coat. Just a stroll, or I may look in at the club. You don't understand. A man feels rather cramped in these surroundings, Edith. I quite understand your feeling. I shan't be long, said Bruce. Try and make up your mind to give up ragged society altogether. You don't mind making this sacrifice for me, do you? Not in the least, she answered. I prefer it. He went out. End of chapter 15